0: Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Now, Noble Gold has put together this incredible collection of American Eagle 22-karat gold coins so you can say a huge thank you. This could be a gift for you or for people you love. And nothing says you're extraordinary. More like getting this four-coin set of rare-prized Augusta St. Godin's Lady Liberty with her torch. All these impressive important coins are bullion-proof grade, authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing the American Eagle design next year. So you can imagine what's going to happen to the value. They're just 20 sets around. So it's a first-come, first-served basis. Give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Hey everybody, welcome to the guest segment of the Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for staying with us through the intro. Really good to have you back here. We have a terrific guest for you today, Jamie Walden, and we're going to explore a couple things. He was present in D.C. on the January 6th infamous date, and we're going to get his take on things. But I also want to spend some time on what he's been talking about a lot recently, which is... Defensive actions we're going to have to take, and I say we, meaning people who actually support this country, believe in the Constitution, believe in God, conservative values, believe in family, that uh, we may have to take some defensive actions, and Jamie's going to address that. But before we go to Jamie, we got to pay some bills. And we're brought to you by, in this segment, well, the best durable food company in the world. And why do I say that? Because they are. They're the best-priced, they the most sales. Go to preparewithdave.com. You'll find that to be true. But the quality is good. I've tasted the quality as restaurant-style quality. I mean, it's actually very, very good. 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not paying attention, I'll just give you one fact. Bill Gates is now the largest owner of farmland in America. What could possibly go wrong, right? Your days of getting food are coming to an end. The dollar's in trouble, real trouble. The economy is in real trouble. Harry Dent says we're in the early stages of total meltdown and hyperinflation. When that happens, your ability to get anything is going to be in danger. And if you're short on the food end of things with what's coming up, you're going to be sorry. So please, please, if you don't buy from us, buy from somebody. But if you buy from us, go to preparewithdave.com. Additionally, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be concerned about water. The Naval War College says on the fifth day of a crisis, waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. And we want to help you avoid that. The Alexa Pure Pro water filter is generally considered to be the best water filter of its type out there. In fact, if you go to waterwithdave.com, they've got research to back that up. But more importantly, it's a great product, 40% off right now while supplies last. So we have the food, preparewithdave.com We have the water, waterwithdave.com And we hope that you take these warnings seriously, ladies and gentlemen We're at a real pivotal point in history Nothing is guaranteed The just-in-time deliveries that keep the good products going to your stores Well, who knows how long that's going to last So please take defensive action In fact, that's going to be the theme of what we're going to talk about Jamie, welcome to the show I'm glad you could join us
1: Hey, Dave, thanks for having me on again, brother. It's always good to chat with you.
0: Oh, it really is. we got to do this more often. I mean, it's, you, you you have so much insight, and, and I, I kind of get secondhand reports from our mutual friend, Bob Griswold, and you're just so on top of things here. But uh, I'm really looking forward to this because Americans really have a hard time believing that they're going to be an endangered species, true Americans. But before we go there, I, I'd like to get your take On what you saw and what you're able to share about your January 6th experience in the nation's capital.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll go into some of the details, you know, that I feel comfortable with going. Um, I was out there with several other brothers. We felt prompted by the Lord. By brothers, I mean brothers in the Lord. Um, You know, we felt prompted to go out there and really pray and intercede for the nation. Um, just so, you know, I always set the record straight right off the bat. It's def- I definitely wasn't out there out of any fleeting notions of patriotism or, you know, pro-Trump uh, uh, type of posture whatsoever. This has to do with right, righteousness and justice, ruling and reigning in the land. And when the wicked are in power, the people lament, right? But when the when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. And so we're actually out there uh, praying and, and interceding and, and really just contending for this nation, for the spirit of the nation. Um, we know that when these Democrats take power um, as if they don't already have enough of a perversion, bloodlust for, for the flesh of children and of innocence and the destruction of the family and the tearing down of all things that would lead to even a, a fleeting sense of morality or what we would consider judeo-christian values. Uh, we absolutely know that as soon as they took power that they were gonna go gangbusters and sure enough here we are only what three months into it and uh, they've gone gangbusters imagine that you know like I always tell people I'm like we, we ain't seen nothing yet right so we haven't seen anything yet but yeah we, we were out there is actually there uh by the by that uh, abomination of the phallic symbol of Nimrod there praying on that thing trying to push it over in the name of Jesus Christ and and uh you know was there and, and was highly disenchanted with Trump's speech and what he had to say there and then you know everybody shifted i, I by my estimates i'd say there's about 1.2 million people there so that right there refutes, refutes any Mainstream media indicators of or or their analysis of who was out there And the only reason why I say that with any type of dogma veracity is because I was actually out there in I don't know what it would have been 1996 for the million-man March on DC in 1996 and there was an Authorized accounting of about 900,000 people there at that exact same spot so I have a visual reference I've seen that area filled in with that many people and I'd say we were at one point two million out there on January sixth. Um, so as everybody shifted up over to the Capitol, before we even got there, I got there at about twelve thirty. So this is before Trump is even done speaking. I went over to the uh, the steps of the Capitol on the I think it's the South Lawn facing, you know, the long the long runway of grass all the way down to the obelisk is there was already OP4 and Antifa-type BLM ilk who were already um, surging and pushing against the police lines. It was a small group of about 100 guys, I'd say, right at the center. Um, there was already tear gas, smoke grenades, concussion grenades going off, and uh, nobody was even over there. Everybody was listening to Trump still. And these guys all, when when I arrived there, Uh, These guys all simultaneously looked at each other, and they stopped what they were doing, and they put on gas masks. They had on matching body armor, matching gear. Uh, They they were definitely unified in in their intent, unified in their in their modus operandi, what they were doing there. And uh, it didn't it didn't take me but ten seconds. And the other guys I were with were prior military as well, and we said right away we said these guys are trained op four. So for the listeners. Anybody who doesn't know what OP4 is, is they're opposition forces. And that means that they're trained actually and used almost like in a, in a how we we know and understand in our false flag paradigm as a crisis actor. So what OP4 does is they actually come in and they are trained on how to breach lines, how to exact a response from uh, riot control lines or civil unrest lines. They're actually trained to do what they do. And what's unique about opposition forces is that they go harder than a normal civilian would who's just there out from a natu- a, a, a natural organic you know move of a people against uh, you know what, what would be considered like a riot control line. Um, these guys were overtly out for it. in fact, we stated it instantly um, when we arrived on the scene. So I've trained out I've tra- for, I've, I've been out for and I have trained out for. I actually was a national instructor for the Marine Corps. I, I got to fly all around the country on a private Navy jet um, training base after base in these types of tactics called s- stability and support operations. So I knew exactly what I was looking at when I walked up on it. Um, also, what was, what was horrifying was the, uh, the, the Capitol Police lines were um, – I, I mean, I was, I was horrified on their behalf when I walked up there and saw what they were dealing with. They were one to maybe two officers deep. They were probably 30 percent women, and all the other all the other uh, forces, the law enforcement officers, they were as wild-eyed and ill-equipped as I've ever seen. They didn't have shields. They didn't have face masks. They didn't have gas masks. They didn't have uh, any sort of large batons. They didn't have any type of riot, riot control gear on. They were wearing bicycle helmets and sunglasses. And and again, literally turning to my buddies, I said, "Oh my goodness, these guys were put out here as cannon fodder." And uh, so the scene, initially before Trump was even done talking, the scene there on the Capitol steps was one of like a a very overt uh, crap storm, for lack of a better word. And obviously, we see how things played out. And you know, now hindsight being 2020, realizing that the whole thing probably from start to finish was a setup
0: yeah um so it's your conclusion that these well-trained insurgents were there to breach the capital in an attempt to frame trump supporters
1: absolutely hands down i mean unequivocally and i'm not saying that because i'm i'm a trump supporter i'm actually not a trump supporter i i i represent a monarchy and a king and his name is jesus right so like i don't say that as a trump supporter that supporter i say that as a as a as a non biased observer who happens to have the right eyes trained to see what I bore witness to here was here's what's intriguing about these these guys I'll just come up for whether they're Antifa BLM crisis actors who knows, you know, at the end of the day, who, we, we can speculate all day long. I mean, I'm pretty confident I know who they are and who they are paid for, uh, but but they were unified that's what's that's the most unique thing is that they were unified. Um, they were like a bunch of scrubby, uh, loser air softer guys who, who had gone out and bought gear on Amazon, uh, the week before the cheapest low end gear to try to look cool, and showed up out there with just a plan to just go gangbusters against these guys. And here, here's what I think was going on. And, and this is where the Lord intervened. And this is kind of where my role in the whole thing out there played is they eventually snatched up two of these, um, Capitol police officers and drug them over the lines and they pulled them into the center of their circle. And I, what I think was to monkey stomp them to death because I could tell right away that they were, they were doing everything possible, especially against these wild eyed, you know, way outnumbered, fearful officers. To get these officers to act or fire on the crowd that that was their sole intent it was almost as if they didn't actually want to breach the line. They wanted to push these guys to their limit uh, with fear and with violence to get them to react so they i I was standing off to the side with my buddies. we weren't anywhere near you know participating or active in any of the any of the stupidness I mean that's not what we were there for. We we're there to pray. But I, I happen to be about, I don't know, just standing off to the side, and I saw them snatch up to uh, the Capitol Police officers and pulling over to lives and drag them into the center of their crowd and start working these guys with um, just demonic violence, for lack of a better word. And obviously that's when my background kicks in. Anybody who doesn't know me, I have a background in... Marine Corps infantry law enforcement federal law enforcement work with the US marshal's office I've been a municipal uh, police officer I'm a paramedic I'm a firefighter paramedic I'm a rescue technician so um, I, I've done disaster relief all around the all around the world I currently do some um, filming and stuff expeditionary type stuff for a TV show and you know travel around and, and teach and speak and do these things so anyways that's my background right um, mm-hmm. yeah. so my training kicked in and when I saw him lay hands on this cop, i i immediately started charging through without hesitation uh throwing blows on guys and uh snatched up these cops by their body armor because i'm just i mean that when you see a man go down especially in the military you're you're gonna fight to the death for him so i grabbed him by his body armor and started dragging him back towards his police lines as he's half unconscious radios hanging off of him handcuffs are being kicked around the ground uh, I, I mean they were working the snot out of this guy and uh and and so then the Antifa guy started working me. And uh, I just kept dragging him by his body armor up the steps of the Capitol towards the police lines. But as soon as I got towards the police lines, all they saw was a guy laying hands to a police officer. So then so then I got the snot beat out of me from the Capitol Police too. So I, I, I got the beat down of a lifetime and pepper sprayed and, and riot control sprayed and bruises up and down my back and legs and everything else like that. Until I, I I turned over and was yelling at them that you know I'm blue I'm blue I'm blue like I'm I'm police officer I'm trying to help your guy and they finally realized I was trying to help them and they opened their ranks and let me drag them behind their police lines, um, so that at that point I was standing on the top steps of the Capitol with the Capitol Police, so now I'm actually in the ranks with the Capitol Police and I turn around and I'm facing the masses of people and and in particular this core group of. You know 50 to 100 antifa guys uh that that are the only ones literally the only ones out of everybody there creating any problems the only ones was this small group of cohesive moron you know demonically inspired uh whatever i got all kinds of words for them um and i stood up there with the capitol police and basically uh uh, preached a rebuke against them and uh you know and and uh told them that they're not going to lay hands on any officers and that's not what we're here for and that's not what we represent and these guys are doing their job blah blah blah. so these antifa guys instantly go f you then we're gonna murder you we're gonna kill you you know and they kind of went into that whole thing so anyways some more brawling and ensued and finally you know they were way overpowering and i just backed off to the side where i'd been in the first place so i know that's a long-winded kind of cliff notes version but at the end of the day Um, I don't know. I can only speculate, but I think their objective was to kill a cop to make the cops fire on the people. So then they could justify a a tenfold demonization of white conservative male Christians than what they have today. So for I know because we were there praying and interceding, the Lord stopped that act of wickedness that they were trying to achieve.
0: It's an amazing story. There are allegations out there that uh, there was evidence that capitol police were compromised open barriers to allow these insurgents in to further the mayhem they were designed to create did you see anything that would suggest that's true
1: yeah yeah we saw that and we actually asked about it we actually talked to cops offside about it you know, I'm pro law enforcement. I'm I'm pro lawfulness. I'm completely anti lawlessness because the Lord is anti lawlessness. And uh, we we did see it. Like I said, it was it was it was very overt how thin their lines were, how ill equipped they were, how wild eyed they were. I did see Capitol police officers remove barricades and say that you can come up here. You can come this way. Um, I saw them directing the traffic of the masses of what would be, you know, Trump supporters. I don't even want to call them Trump supporters. I, I would say half the people there were Trump supporters. The other half were there because they just want our nation to be ruled by justice and goodness, right? Uh, it had nothing to do with Trump. It was, just, it was just basic. They want good things to occur in their nation
0: well and, uh, let let me share so I, with you so what I absolutely uh
1: absolutely did bear witness to that and and i and i i was I couldn't piece it together and i again talking to my buddies there, I said look i because we're watching you know we're just standing back watching this thing, and I go, look, they just got the stand down order so I saw a couple couple of what would be their officers who were in no riot control gear, who are in nothing standing back behind the lines, and you you'd see them get a command and then go over and tap the leader of the of the control line. And then they would they would just part. They just parted the they parted their control lines and let everybody through. So I watched that happen in real time.
0: That is just an amazing account. Um, what did the officers who let you in and realized you were a supporter? what do they feel about the officers who compromised their office, their position? to allow these thugs to breach the capital
1: yeah i don't know it's it's hard to know and understand you know i i, I mean just another detail like as i as i dragged that that capital police officer back up the lines you know i saw that his radio his handcuffs and his badge were being kicked around on the ground in the scrum pile fray that was going on and so a, as soon as i i got him up and through you know his ranks And I, I could see that the Antifa guys didn't realize that stuff was on the ground because I had the vantage point, and so I literally had to charge back in, throwing blows, to grab his gear because I knew now they could use that to exploit, you know, to exploit the Capitol or to exploit the Capitol Police. So I got my hands on the badge and the radio, and uh, you know, took some more blows for it, but got it back up to the police lines and handed it. I could tell who was in charge of their, their riot control line. You know, and, and was like, here, you guys lost a badge. You lost a radio. Make sure these guys don't get their hands on it. Um, so what I could see from this. So my van, I can't speak to anything that I didn't see. So all I saw was the guys who were, who were maintaining the lines and they looked like they had been thrown out there as cannon fodder. I mean, they were, they were the most wild eyed I'd ever seen an individual. And I've been in combat zones. And, uh, and these guys, you could tell, like, they thought it was going to be their last day on earth.
0: I Do you mean, think they, they were they drug were, induced, like with meth or something like that?
1: No, I think they were actually legitimately scared to death. I think they got put out there not knowing who, what, where, when, why, and they were just told to go out there and they were, I, I actually speculation, this is speculation, ladies and gents. I think that they were put out there to be overrun and to be hurt badly for the optics. I think it was all set up from the optics, whether or not their leaders were complicit. Uh, I got to imagine they had to have been because because there's no leader who would put their troops out there and risk that. None. Nobody would do that to their to their officers. do well, so, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, unless it was unless it was intentional, you know. But anyways, that's what we saw there. So where, where does that take, you know, to me what that, and and by the way, you know, the follow-up is that five days from then, the FBI came to my house. Amazing. Not the Antifa guys, not the BLM guys, not the CNN, you know, uh, uh, paid reporter, not the subcontractor CNN reporter who literally walked through the entire Capitol filming everything, including Babbitt being shot in the neck. Not that guy. The FBI did not show up at his house. They showed up at my house, a former law enforcement officer, a Christian, a a preacher, a teacher, a guy who's there praying and interceding, did not do one thing, went nowhere near inside that Capitol whatsoever, you know. Literally only was there to happen to be there to respond and act to save two Capitol Police officers' lives. They showed up at my door and were investigating me. So – That, ladies and gents, ought to testify to the lateness of the hour of where we're at. The demonization, the vilification, and and what's going to be our ultimate um, destruction – is already so far down the prophetic timeline that it would make your head spin. I mean, when we listen to the neurolinguistic phrases that they're using in our mainstream media and from our elected officials and our government officials, not to mention all the, all the different media, you know, Hollywood, music industry shills, we are actually living in 1939 Germany. And like what I keep telling everybody, you know what comes after 1939? 1940. And you do have a yellow cross pinned upon your chest it's just been done digitally so we need to read the handwriting on the wall and no one understand that this is what's happening side note I, I go on a lot of tangents but i spoke out in ohio about two weeks ago uh the pastor whose church i spoke at after i spoke there fbi showed at his house showed up at his house the next what
0: possible day. reason could they have to do that what could they have said to him
1: exactly what possible reason could they have other than he's a prior combat veteran and he's a pastor and a preacher with the platform i'm a prior combat veteran i'm a pastor and a preacher and a christian with a platform that's that's the i'm starting to connect the dots slowly but surely as i realize who they're coming for
0: that is just uh it's it's i'm almost speechless that i'm hearing this but the uh, anti-christian rhetoric is incredible let me share with you, something with you across the board away from the FBI but with federal law enforcement I have a very good source and this source has actually gone public but anonymously so for obvious reasons and they have caught Antifa people in places like Portland and they have caught them with pipe bombs and also in MAGA gear or carrying MAGA gear or carrying copies of the Constitution which would link them to being Trump supporters and uh, right-wing constitutionalists, so to speak. And they turn them over to the proper authorities. Usually it's ATF first because of the pipe bombs. And then they're processed at the FBI, and the FBI releases them. And if they're on the terrorist watch list, which some of these people have been, that have been apprehended, then they're taken off the terrorist watch list the FBI is complicit in terrorism on the streets of America. And I'm saying that right here, right now, based on inside information I've gotten from two sources.
1: Yeah. You know, and that, that's something I really struggle with. Cause like I said, I, I'd always been working to operate at that at the federal law enforcement level because I believe in it, you know, or I did anyways <laughs> to say, so, you know, that's why I, I went the route I went. I was going to the Naval Academy, went to the Marine Corps, you know, got my degree, made sure I got it summa cum laude and, graduated number one and was stacking the deck you know to to make sure that i could get into these agencies because i i i actually do have a uh, maybe a faulty altruistic understanding of a greater good you know and 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 maybe i'm pollyanna in that way but that's why i wanted to operate at the at those levels so you know i i understand i to a degree i under i i have somewhat of an understanding for these agents that are just you know uh um burning through shoe leather knocking on doors because they're following orders and i get it here here's what people need to know and understand for the eight for the for the mainstream agents from whatever agency they're from you and i have mutual friends that 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 we know of that are in different three little agencies and stuff like that is generally they are altruistic and generally they they actually are trying to do the right thing but it's the top tier leadership that has given them the mandate let's be honest Uh,
0: uh, let me pull it right out there before you finish christopher ray i'll say it you don't have to say it i'll say it christopher ray
1: yep and 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 here's what people need to know and understand is is when you get to that level because i haven't again we have a lot of mutual friends that are at that level it has cost you by that point in your life ten to twelve years of investment. It's cost you board upon board, panel upon panel, testing upon testing, vetting upon vetting. It's highly, highly prestigious. It's a big deal to achieve that level, to achieve that title, you know, or that nomicure of special agent or, or whatever agency you go into and the nomaker that or the, the what they what they attach to your name. And so for these guys, I'm telling you just because I know. So I'm like, I'm actually great. I'm, I'm gracious towards them. It just ticks me off. They're, they have so much to lose that they, that they won't push back against their leadership and go, wait, wait, what are we doing here? What do we actually represent what do we actually stand for we are law enforcers we are not lawless we are to stand you know we have taken an oath we have sworn to to do these things for the betterment of our nation we're servants we're sacrificial servants but instead they're going man i i i don't want to go back to being a beat cop in some podunk town or man i have too much invested at this level there's no way i'm going to sacrifice that for some other guy's family who i don't know so that's it at the end of the day which is what they anticipate is that these, these uh, uh, while they're unaware, they are being drawn into a brown shirt type of ideology while they're yet unaware. And what it always boils down to is my family versus their family. I don't know you and your family. I'll follow any orders it takes to preserve mine. And unfortunately, that's what it boils down to. So you see this, this um, uh, House Assembly Bill 655, they're passing in California, uh, the, the Law Enforcement Accountability Act, where they're actually barring or they haven't quite passed it yet but they want to bar any police officers in california from serving as a police officer if they have ever engaged in any hate group activity hate group activity is defined as conservative christian uh rhetoric or biblical truths so if you believe in in uh two genders if you believe marriages between a man or a woman if you believe in the mutability of the word of the Lord, if you believe in, you know, you're anti-LGBT, whatever the case is, they're saying you will be barred from participating in law enforcement. So what they're doing, ladies and gents, is they are stacking the deck of law enforcement with people who are lawless, with people who do not have a moral compass, who have no qualms about coming against you and your family and your household, who will follow orders in – in a to the death at whatever cost, because they're specifically purging anybody who has any type of moral convictions and they're stacking the deck with those who have none.
0: Well, the one thing that I would say is we're looking at the construction of the Brown shirt enforcement force.
1: Absolutely. And
0: in your 1939 analogy is perfect. And, and this is a subject that's all too familiar with me because on my father's side of the family, they were refugees from Germany at this time so the stories are infamous and i grew up hearing them and 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 this is why i'm quick to recognize it but what bothers me and what i'd like you to comment on is why is america so slow to see the tyranny that's right there in their face
1: yeah no that's a good question and and here and and i you know i don't know i'll elucidate on that because i because i think about it pretty often and here's the reason why it's very simple the reason why is comfort that's the reason why it's comfort i have too much to lose and actually this is one of the this is one of the um i guess the the strategic tactics that the loose and fair and elite know and understand about the middle class is they have too much to lose and so they can push and push and push and push and they'll never respond and they'll never they'll never push back cuz they have too much to lose see the 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 uh, um, lower class or lower income, they have nothing to lose. And the upper, upper class has nothing to lose no matter what. It's only the middle class who have everything to lose. And so as soon as you step up or stand out or speak out or do whatever the case is, you will lose everything. And so even as something so simple as as abiding by the the, the ridiculousness of the faulty science and the mass mandate and the forced vaccinations in America, even a patriotic middle class American, they will go along to get along so long as they can retain some semblance of the normalcy of the comfort that they get to have. So they don't care if you I got kicked out of a restaurant yesterday because they wanted my kids to put a mask on to walk six feet to the table. And I said, You're out of your stinking mind. I said, The table's right there. He goes, You have to wear a mask, sir. You have to wear a mask. And I go, We I absolutely not will not subject my children to to your traumatic mind control based tactics. And he goes, It's not mind control, sir. And I go, we'll, we'll be leaving. You know, so so most people are, they would say, It's fine, whatever. I'll wear a mask to six feet so long as I get to keep eating in the restaurant that I like. And so so what it what it actually boils down to is people are lovers of self. They're lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, right? They, they're proud. They're boastful. They're arrogant. They're, they're like the latest in church age. It's, it's a spirit of the age. The spirit of the age is narcissism. The spirit of the age is self-indulgence. It is self-validation. It is virtue signaling. The spirit of the age is actually a lover of self. So why would they ever push back no matter what the costs are?
0: Well, for a lot of federal law enforcement, what I hear from them, I say, why do you keep serving Satan and your leaders are satanic? And their answer is, I'm only two years away from retirement.
1: Yep. Hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. It's, it is pension, It's which comes back to comfort. So that's what I boil it down to is it's pension based. I, I saw that in the different um, organizations that I've been a part of is that, every single thing was centered on that pension it was like a golden carrot being dangled in the face of all men at all times of all leadership to do whatever it took no matter how compromised they were and no matter how far it went against their convictions that pension and the idea of reduced cost of health care is what they all are willing to um, actually would would put you on boxcars for in order to retain that pension. And that's what I and that's why I say at the end of the day, their their mentality is it's my family or your family. I'm always going to preserve my family. And so it's yeah. it's really simple. Really, when you think about it, it, it's the simplicity of the carnality of man. It's, it's the simplicity of the psychology and sociology of men. It's my family versus yours. I'm going to carry out orders so that I can go home today to my family and they're not under threat of persecution.
0: And 18 and 19 year olds don't have as much to lose. But the Pentagon is now working on them, as they have announced that they're invoking an anti conservative, anti Trump supporter, anti Christian platform. And they're indoctrinating their soldiers saying if you participate in these activities, you're going to get court martialed. Are you familiar with this?
1: I, I am familiar, I am familiar with that and like I said that's also what they're trying to do at the local level with law enforcement So you and I talked off air about you know I, I was I was on the US National Holocaust Museum's website the other day and they have these these watchdog groups they're global they're these NGO watchdog groups that look for the warning signs of impending genocide okay this is this is their official stance so they have the, these algorithms that they plug in sociological, economic, governmental, geostrategic, militaristic, rhetoric, ideological things that are going on in nations or in people groups around the world. They throw it into this computer system, and it spits out when when there is an impending genocide that's about ready to take place, right? So they have these warning signs of impending genocide. When you go to their to the U.S. National Holocaust Museum and these NGOs and you look at their... At their warning signs of their algorithm, we here in the United States of America have checked every single box in the last three months.
0: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I I probably have written a dozen articles along those lines, too. Um, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I've looked at uh, Cohen's eight stages of genocide. We match that and by every measure. You know, one of the things, and then I want to get to the concealment part of this, but I want to just get your reaction to one thing. As we know, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals recently said, you do not have the right to conceal, carry, or open carry a firearm. So they've effectively gutted about half of the Second Amendment with one fell swoop. And I know you're probably familiar with the University of Hawaii Democide Project, that looked at 16 genocides in the 20th century and they were all preceded by gun confiscation. Do you think we're close to being the 17th nation?
1: Yeah, here, here's here's a way I see an understanding in our in our nation. I am familiar with that that University of Hawaii study on democide, you know, and, and we, here's a particular side note tangent, which I'm really good at tangents. Particular side note is they were actually all preceded by uh, nationalized health care and then through health care and through the greater good of the society, through, quote, unquote, health care, came gun confiscation. Every single one of them.
0: Yeah. And Every we're doing the same thing, them, thing now. Was, Your doctor is now going to be first. required to report you.
1: Yep. It was healthcare, And then the gun confiscation came through a back door through the health care. So, you know, we saw we saw them. Working hard at that infrastructure with Obamacare. That was the sole purpose of Obam- Obamacare, besides gutting the middle class, which is what we see going on now. This is the the death nail in the coffin. Is this coronavirus? Is to strip away uh, any any form of of independence and, and the ability to be entrepreneurial and earn an income and be self sustaining. You cannot be self sustaining and in the globalistic Luciferian government that they need to erect. You must be dependent on them for all things right hence the slow passive rollout of a universal basic income through covid through your covid hush money that you're getting every month this is a universal basic income being rolled out in real time again while you're unaware like a like a frog in a pot of boiling water but the gun confiscation thing in america um i don't I personally don't think they'll ever get to the point where they can actually confiscate them, where they'll go door-to-door. They'll do their best, but I think what they're anticipating is, is more so the demonization of guns and and the dry up of ammo so that they're just paperweights which is one of the things that they've been doing, and so they'll pass the legislation, they'll get a couple million uh, Americans to hand over their guns willingly, and then they'll do a buyback, and then they'll do a they'll make it illegal, and so they'll have the processes that they always have over any uh, communistic takeover. Which by the way, whenever you hear the word communism or socialism, just insert Luciferianism because. Karl Marx is the one that told you that that's what it's all about, is the worship of Lucifer. But um, I, I don't know if they'll ever get to the point of door-to-door confiscation. What I do see coming next, though, and, and you you hinted at this, is a, a massive purge or pressure, a purge by default because of the pressure being put on all manner of law enforcement or, or agency employees who are not going to toe the line with their agenda. And so what they'll do is they will have in place the, uh, the, the kind of the, the the more sycophant individuals that, uh, you know, use that power and they use that badge or they use that authority to assert themselves over the next individual rather than serving
0: them. Wow. Uh, I, I, I can't find fault with what you're saying because the people I talk to inside of DHS, DEA, Border Patrol, all say what you just said, they recognize it lock stock and barrel that is a uniform comment you can count on when you talk to people from these agencies, and they see it, and uh some of them right now I talk to are preparing for alternative careers. they know they're not going to make it to retirement they're not willing to do the things they need to do to keep their job, so they're preparing to exit the profession, and really there're two of them I know are learning to live off the land because they said. Hey, look! I could be prevented from working because of my views, so I need to learn to live off the land. And uh, this kind of dovetails into what um, we had talked about briefly the other day on the phone, and that's uh, the fact that some people need to be prepared to go underground. Can you address that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, looking at the uh, looking at the handwriting on the wall. You know, all we have to do is listen to you know New York Times articles and and their neurolinguistic phrases that they're. That they're painting people as domestic terrorists or insurrectionists or fundamentalists or a systemic risk or a science denier. You know, you look at quotes from Bill Maher saying that it's the Christians are the reason for January 6, and New York Times op-ed said it's the Christians who are responsible for the spread of coronavirus. You know, the FBI training manual, which we all say came out a couple years ago, that the number one threat to U.S. security from religious extremism is evangelical Christianity. Uh, not the fact that a Syrian uh Muslim just shot up everybody in boulder that doesn't matter right We see the cancel culture and the the digital book banning that's coming on and and they're they're chomping at the bit to pass this equality act to to uh, uh not just demonize but to actually criminalize anybody who believes in the Bible and to criminalize the Bible actually itself you know. I mean, there was a col- columnist, uh, Nick Cohen, in The Guardian. He recently said, it's only a matter of time before we turn on the unvaccinated. And he's, he's calling for a demand. He's demanding the government punish the unvaccinated. And by the way, he only associates the unvaccinated with extreme religious elites who, who won't believe in the superior works of men and science over the commands of God quote unquote yeah
0: well first of all <laughs> um, I used to teach uh, research was one of the things I taught at the university level and we used medical modeling and I know the process very well so to that man Cohen I would say this you are grossly ignorant sir and or you are just an absolute satanic liar the reality is this no medicine has ever come to fruition of a serious nature no treatment without animal testing before human testing. Well, they didn't do that here because I believe they didn't want eyes on the process to see really what's going on with the vaccine. So they skipped the animal testing. And to Cohen, I would say this to you, you're the animal. Enjoy your walk. Enjoy your walk. So,
1: you know, it's, it's just, it's, I'm just trying to give context for the listeners for, for the things that we're talking about you got you have to have context for it because otherwise you just go well it it sounds awfully sensationalistic it sounds awfully you know alarmist or whatever the case is and it's like it's really not and in fact it's just prudent
0: jamie it is it is sensationalist and it is alarmist because we're talking genocide
1: yep yeah and and so and so being prudent we we need to take the proper precautions. I mean, you think about the, the different um, families throughout Germany, you know, and, and Poland and beyond, and into France, and they saw the handwriting on the wall, and it took prudence and preparation. Same thing with their underground railroad, with uh, the slaves the slaves fleeing their democratic uh, overlords. In the south trying to get up north it takes infrastructure it takes prudence it takes networking it takes operating with a gray man posture i mean it, it takes establishing a concentric circles of networking and knowing uh, who's who and where can you go and how can you go and where can you be fed and watered and refit and rearmed and safe you know and where can you be provided for and refreshed who's friendly who's foe how do you move through different areas you know that are hostile how do you conduct business in hostile territory? How do you buy and sell? We know the time's coming when you're not going to be allowed to buy and sell. We know one of the reasons for the, for the immunity passport and for the forced vaccination, like Cohen's article was just saying, is to demonize the unvaccinated who, because they fear the Lord, are not going to inject themselves with nanotech, aborted fetal tissue type of, of, of poisons that are an anathema to the Lord God Most High. They're not gonna destroy the temple that they know the very spirit of Christ Jesus who bought them with his precious blood has chosen to indwell. They're not gonna do that. So so they're they're setting the stage now. So again, this takes prudence. I mean, you see you've seen that article in, in California about their proposed curriculum where they're they're gonna be chanting and basically channeling through necromancy the ancient Aztec gods of human sacrifice and cannibalism. Why? says the author. The author of this article says because white christians have committed theocide theocide white christians have done this around the world and now it is time for a counter genocide to displace the white christian culture they are these are the guys who are writing the curriculum for elementary school kids in california this is insane right so again prudence says that it requires infrastructure it requires networking it well, requires logistics and and the girding up the loins of our mind it requires a sing a singleness of mind and a focused mindset it requires growing our roots down deep into into the gospel of jesus christ so that we don't fear these things coming on it requires prayer it requires an, uh, an authentic network of people who who share in their desire to see light and righteousness and good things rule and reign in the land right so All these things need to be taking place ahead of time. We need to be doing thorough and Uh, accurate threat assessment. I I,
0: I hear what you're saying, Jamie, but I think there's another way I look at this, too. And I I don't disagree with what you're saying, because I think I'm I'm moving this to another level here. But um, I started thinking about why white people are being vilified. I know why Christians are, because the globalists want zero population, or actually they want negative population growth. And transsexuals and homosexuals, they don't reproduce. So that, that speaks to me why they honor those lifestyles, to the exclusion of heterosexuals and malign the family as family privilege and so forth. But why white people? And I started thinking about this, and right or wrong or indifferent, the power structure of this country historically, and still is to a large extent, white people. Now, of course, it's more inclusionary now than it's ever been, but white people still form the basis of wealth, decision-making, political power, corporate power in this country, leaders of the military. And if you're going to take a country down and destroy the culture, and we're going through cultural destruction right now, you also have to go after the power structure, which are the white people. That's why I think they're targeted. I wrote an article to this effect, and I said, "But you people who are Hispanic and Asian and African American, Native American, and so forth, I said, be patient because when they're done with us, they're going to get around to you too." What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more, and and it's part of a, a conquering strategy. Like I've I've been a part, I have been on the other end of being a, a conqueror, right, and actually going in and overthrowing a nation. And and one of the first things we would do, if by the way, if people don't, know, I was I was a, a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I was a platoon sergeant in the infantry, doing some high speed stuff for the ground war in Iraq in 2003. So actually taking Baghdad, taking the country, and what we would instantly do is go and depose the the leadership, and we would depose the infrastructure. Now our in in our stance, we're a little bit different than a true the, than the true nature. Of a conquering army we were a mix of liberators more than anything but historically whenever a a conquering army comes into an area not only do they overthrow it by militaristic force but they force assimilation and they force a a degeneration of the long-held culture and beliefs look at all of Central and South America if you were caught speaking your native dialect and not Spanish you were put to death if you were caught wearing your native garb or any type of jewelry or adornments, you were put to death. If you were caught speaking anything other than what the uh, Catholic Church had had uh, um, told the, the local dialects to speak or to do or to worship or say, they were put to death. They Think of the power and the force and the wickedness it takes to force an entire population – with all kinds of diversity to conform to a whole new way of life. The Spanish have done it. The Romans did it. The French did it to a short degree. The English did it as they colonized areas to a short degree. And now what we're seeing in this nation is a Luciferian elite doing it to the American experiment. It's the same thing, but they're coming at the American people, and they will force, come hell or high water, a, a reworking and an assimilation by force to uh, to uh, get you to come under their, their their boot, for lack of a better word.
0: Well, they're doing it at the border right now. You talk about assimilation. The, the estimates are from the border patrol people I've talked to, they've run the numbers privately and they're not sharing it with their uh, superiors who are tied to Biden's people, but they believe that they're gonna see 200,000 people a month cross our border. That's forced assimilation.
1: It it is, and and what they're trying to do is, and this was what was going on under the Obama regime, and, and again, it's it's, pe- Here's one thing that I really struggle with is, is people still are under the mindset that our elected leaders are foolish, idiotic dopes that are so dumb they can barely tie their own shoes, and they, you know, blah blah blah. blah. They're very very dismissive because they don't understand uh, the martial methods of warfare. These people are not that. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, they are highly charged, demonically influenced uh, individuals that have special knowledge. They're adepts at mystery religions and occultic practices. They have the world's leading psychologists and sociologists and neurologists. They have technologies that would make your head spin if you knew and understood. These people know exactly what they're doing with every word, with every tick, with every little optic, with every neurolinguistic phrase that they put forward to you and this is full scale scorched earth policy warfare that they're enacting against the American populace so any little thing about nationalism borders, national identity patriotism insurrectionists, domestic terrorist, white nationalists, white Christian white male, all these things are designed because listen who's telling you all that stuff Rich white men are the ones telling you that. That's what's insane. Is <laughs> it's
0: no, rich they're the puppets, white they're, they're... men
1: are the ones demonizing men, white male men in America, because they're taking you somewhere and they have been promised a seat at the table. Exactly. So they want to see you all be massacred, but they themselves will be spared because they're servants of of, uh, of an enemy far greater than what they most will
0: not really like. be spared because they are clearly, clearly the brown shirts. Jamie, we didn't even get to underground going gray and so forth. We had just a brief mention of it. I gotta have you back in the near future. We have to explore this.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a big deal, and yeah, the reason is. why is because it, there's there's a paradigm it, there's a paradigm shift that has to occur, and we actually be, we need to start training ourselves and putting into practice these things now because it takes a while to really. To really kind of. Kind and of and Jamie,
0: we got to hold that here because right we are flat out of time. Um, but I just want to say, I'll be in contact with you off air because we need to set up a part two. We've got to do the underground thing that's really important. Uh, very quickly, in about 15 seconds, how can people follow you?
1: Yeah, they, they can see uh, some of my work or purchase my book at omegadynamics.org. And uh, they can follow me online and, and other ways through some different social means. So, yeah, I'm out there doing stuff. You can get a hold of me if you need to.
0: Okay. And watch your text messages, my friend, because we've got to cover the underground part. But this was very insightful. Great job. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me on, Dave. Take care. Well, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Bit of a nightmare for most people, and the holidays are a great time to reflect, especially on those who helped us get through it. Now, Noble Gold has put together this incredible collection of American Eagle 22-karat gold coins so you can say a huge thank you. This could be a gift for you or for people you love. And nothing says you're extraordinary. More like getting this four-coin set of rare-prized Augusta St. Godin's Lady Liberty with her torch. All these impressive important coins are bullion-proof grade, authenticated by the U.S. Mint. They're changing the American Eagle design next year. So you can imagine what's going to happen to the value. They're just 20 sets around. So it's a first-come, first-served basis. Give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347 four, seven.